Why, hello there, and welcome to Controversial Curiosities. Thank you for being here, whether this is your first time or you're back again, right? I definitely appreciate you being here to listen to this podcast. You know, of course, rate, review, share, subscribe, all the good stuff. You know, definitely find us on Substack, find the Controversial Curiosity Substack page if you haven't already. And, you know, definitely I appreciate you being a subscriber. So thank you for being here. And today's episode is going to be quite the interesting one because we're going to, you know, we're going to get into some of the curiosities, right? We, I, I know that I got curiosities. I'm more than willing to guess you have the curiosities and they just might be controversial. So we're going to dive into them. And today's topic is actually going to revolve around some semi, you know, breaking news. I guess it's not <laughs> breaking at this point. It's been out for um, at least six days or so. I think it was on July 1st when it broke, but I wanted to talk about the this whole Olympic business with Shikari Richardson. Now, you know, of course, I'm going to get into the, to the meat and details, but we're going to talk about, you know, some performance-enhancing drugs. We're going to talk about drug use in organizations. We're going to talk about just some of the, the things that come up from this whole situation with Miss um, Richardson, right, and, and, you know, what basically went down. Now, just, you know, so that way everyone is up to speed, right, because... I'm not quite sure if everyone is paying attention to this, and maybe more people are paying attention to this and some of the other things that I might bring to the table. But, you know, news last week, like I said, on the 1st of July, I'm pretty sure, was the exact date um, that it was announced. I don't know if exactly that's when it happened. But, um, you know, basically news broke last week that Shikari Richardson tested positive for THC. Now, you may be asking, um, as I was, I'm not a big sports person. I'm not an Olympic follower. I don't know any Olympians, right? Like, it doesn't matter who they are, what you name them. Um, If they're in the Olympics currently, I probably have no idea who they are. Um, I probably know... Yeah, it's like I'm trying to think of who I know. Like, obviously, there's Michael Phelps, and that name comes up a lot because of this conversation um, or because of what, you know, happened with her. But Michael Phelps is probably the only name I know from Olympics, right? I think, wasn't Bruce Jenner in the Olympics? Um, Of course, or I should say Caitlyn Jenner was at one point. Um, But, you know, nonetheless, I'm not too sure about too many Olympians, so this was all news to me. Um, But Shikari Richardson is, I believe she does... You know, she's track, I, I guess, is the, the terminology. I think 200 meters is what she's famous for. Um, but overall, she she's, you know, a high-performing athlete. She is on track to be going to the Olympics this year for the Tokyo Games, or at least she was, um, you know, of course. But bottom line is that she is a well-known Olympian athlete. And she tested positive for THC. She tested positive for a little bit of weed, people. A little bit of cannabis was in her system. And you know what? The Olympic Committee or, you know, the the Olympic overlords, whoever they are, they found out. They found out. And, of course, you know, it's no surprise that, like, an Olympian would have to go through, you would assume, at least routine drug tests. I mean, and obviously... You know, they're going to be looking for more typically things like steroids, you would assume, but they're going to look for a variety of, you know, substances that might be in your system, right? There's a whole list of, you know, not allowed substances, basically, Um, which a lot of that has to do with the performance enhancing, right? But we'll we'll get into that here in a moment. Um, And basically, I mean, because of this, right, she's been marked ineligible to compete in the Olympics for a month, and she had an undergo a counseling class. Um, It is also, to me, it's somewhat notable to say her reasoning for having used the THC is apparently she smoked a joint, I guess, because of basically she 
smoked it because her mother had passed away. I don't know how recently, but she was basically grieving the loss of her mother and utilizing THC to navigate that loss, right? To navigate that grief, which in, in my book, I have no problem with that, right? I, I definitely have no problem with, you know, the concept of someone utilizing something like THC to navigate through heartbreak, through pain, through loss, right? That is something that can be done. And of course, there's certain, you know, controls and checks and balances that should be put in place as an individual, if that's the route you're going, like you definitely shouldn't go that route alone. Um, and it's not to say you have someone using with you, but you know, like you shouldn't be doing that in a secret sort of setting. Like people should understand where you're at with your pain and how you're trying to cope and mitigate with it. Um, at, at least people who are close to you, right? That's kind of my thoughts, um, just on her having to deal with that. But of course, you know, with the Olympics coming close, her testing positive and being marked ineligible, especially when she is a high performing athlete that could definitely bring the U S the gold, you know, sort of speak, um, or at least do well, right? I mean, she is definitely predicted to do well. Um, you know, it bring, brings up a whole slew of problems, right? And of course there's been tons of backlash, tons of backlash to the fact that she has been penalized in in this sense um you know there's been also i i would assume just backlash towards the overall concept of thc being marked as a performance enhancing drug um so there's been tons of backlash right and once again it seemed like the perfect controversial topic um, for me to explore with you, right? So I wanted to bring it to the podcast for that very reason. And like I said, this this whole situation with um, Shakari Richardson really brings about kind of two threads of discussion that I want to talk about today. And the first of those is going to be performance-enhancing drugs, right? So performance-enhancing drugs is going to be one of the first kind of threads that we go down. And then the other is going to be drug use inside of organizations, right? And we're going to kind of go down each of those individually. I'm going to, you know, do my best to tie them together, which they do tie together. And I'll make sure I kind of elaborate as I go through. But those are my thoughts, right? Those are kind of the two categories of contemplation that I have when it comes to this topic. Now, when we think about performance enhancing drugs, let's go down that hole first. Um, you know, once again, the reason that Shikari Richardson is in trouble for all this business for, you know, using the THC, smoking the little spliff that she smoked um, is because the Olympics considers THC to be a performance enhancing drug. Right. So it's on their list. And of course, you know, I don't know if they have this list scribed into stone or how they manage this list necessarily. But I do know they have a list. And that list says that THC is is a no, no. THC is on the naughty list, people. Um, and, and, you know, of course, there are plenty of people who kind of are disputing that this should be the case. Right. I, I mean, when you think about somebody that smokes a lot of weed, you think about someone who imbibes a lot of THC um, or even just imbibes it on a regular basis. Right. It doesn't have to be that they're, you know, the the giant rappers smoking pot 24 seven um, or they don't have to necessarily be somebody that is just, you know, I guess I'm thinking what Seth rogan is that his name I, I can't even remember his name right now um but you know there's people that smoke weed like crazy um there's people are known for smoking weed especially in this day and age where weed is a, a lot more legal in a lot more places um but you know once again you don't ever think of someone who regularly uses thc as a model athlete you don't you know that's usually not the correlation that you put together um but nonetheless right that's what it's characterized as that's the way that the olympics perceive it um and some of that obviously has to do with some misconceptions about thc in my opinion um but nonetheless that's that's how they have it characterized right and for me what this really you know just kind of taking a step back in a sense and looking at it from a you know from a from a bigger 
perspective or just zooming out, right? Looking at it from a higher view, um, no pun intended. Um, looking at it from that view, though, you know, it, it brings about the question of just, it's not even a question really, but it's just interesting to consider what is performance enhancing, right? And, and kind of where we draw the line on, you know, what is allowed, what isn't allowed, according to what is performance enhancing. And the reason that I find it interesting, right? And, and this is part of the reason that I have trouble with this decision from the Olympics and not just the Olympics, right? This is something that goes through pretty much all major sports leagues, right? Like, I mean, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, send, you know, my Twitter's in the show notes, send me a, a tweet, send me a DM, um, whatever the case is, but, you know, most sports, there's a, a range of things that are not allowed because it is seen as performance enhancing, right, um, or it is seen as, I guess, taboo at the very least, um, but it's funny because, like, the whole name of the game when it comes to any sport is to enhance your ability to perform over the others, right, so, and especially especially in a sport like the Olympics, that is a competition sport, right? It's not necessarily a team sport. It's not necessarily something that you're, you know, if you're doing a 200-meter dash, you're not competing with a group of people, right? Like, where sometimes, I will say, in a sport like basketball, a sport like, um, you know, soccer, baseball, even can be considered football, I would say is, is possibly like, those are more team oriented sports, right? You're not necessarily there to shine, you know, uh, you're not there to shine just yourself. Like you're there to play your part in a bigger machine that's going to shine as a whole, right? And granted, like each individual can become the best performer in their area, right? So if you're a quarterback, there's a certain level of performance you can reach. There's certain things you can do to be the best quarterback, but you're, you know, a quarterback can't be the whole team, right? And just like, you know, maybe a, a, a linebacker, I, I think, I think that's the name. They can tell how much I follow sports, but you know, there's other roles in a, in a team where it's like, you can be the best at being in that role, but that role isn't the entire team, right? Where the Olympics and most of the competitions, I will say, I'm pretty sure there's a few maybe team more team oriented things in the olympics um but a lot of the competitions in the olympics are going to be individual based competitions right and really the name of the game is going to be getting your performance to the highest ability possible over those other competitors right so that to me is part of the interesting factor of all of this and, and you know tons of things will factor into your performance if you eat healthy food over junk food that's going to be you know, impacting your performance. Like, you know, to me, that's a performance enhancing decision. If you decide, hey, I should eat salads and, I don't know, broccoli. <laughs> that's a weird combination. But if you decide that's what you want to eat over, I don't know, McDonald's, like, obviously, you can tell which one is going to enhance your performance and you can tell which one's going to detract from your performance. Um, another example, like, let's say you choose to sleep the proper amount of time before a competition. You know, if you choose to do that, that's going to enhance your performance over partying all night, right? If you're up all night, and let's say, let's just take drugs out of the occasion. Like, let's say you drank a bunch of caffeine too late the night before, and you're up later than you should have been. Like, that's not going to be beneficial to your performance. That is not going to be the best thing for you to do, right? Like, it's just, it's so obvious. Like, there's all these other decisions that you make that will either enhance or detract your performance, right? And, and you know, there's some other things that I could think of that are just outside of drugs, right? I, like, I get drugs are a, a certain topic. Um, but, you know, just think about, like, let's say you have a fight with your significant other the, the night before your competition. Like, that's going to detract from your focus, potentially. And, and it is definitely... 
you know, if you compared that to, hey, I, let's say I had a perfect day leading up to my competition, like that's going to help set you up to focus better on that compared to if you're worrying about these bigger questions of like, well, my relationship is falling apart. Like, you know, that's going to impact how you do in your day to day, right? That's going to impact things. And, and, you know, the bottom line is as an athlete, and really this is for everybody, right? Like this isn't just for athletes. This can go for any person in any sort of job, but as a person, the bottom line is, is every decision you make is going to enhance or detract your ability to perform, right? Like that is just the case. And that is the case for everybody, right? That all of those decisions are going to enhance it. Now, the, you know, the other thing, um, that, that is interesting to, to keep in mind, right? That is interesting to think about is that what's performance enhancing for one person may not be for other people, right? So some, some person, some people, I should say, may be able to take a certain substance and they can feel like it helps them perform, right? They could smoke that joint and feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm at my best game right now where others can smoke that joint and think, fuck, I'm totally useless. Um, you know, so once again, that can vary per person and you can compare it same substance, same dosage, all of the, you know, put all of those variables, control for all of those variables and make them the same. And you're going to see different people will have different reactions to those substances. And one person may say, like I said, fuck, I'm on top of it. I'm ready to go. And another person may be ready to be that couch potato. Right. And that's just THC. Like, I mean, there, there's plenty of other, um, drugs that you can implant, you know, put in place of THC in this sort of scenario, I mean, and, and you can do even more benign things such as caffeine, right? A certain amount of caffeine might overload one person and make them worse than they would be without that caffeine or without that level of caffeine. Um, you know, and I, I like to think of, there's one example of this that really sticks out to me, really, um, it's always interested me for sure. Um, I remember watching a documentary on this subject and this person in this specific event. Um, I think it was HBO. You probably can find it on HBO still. But it was about the legend of Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis was a baseball player um, in the, I believe he played starting in the 60s. But in 1971, he pitched a perfect game. And you know what he did it on? He did it while he was high on LSD, people. High on LSD, you could Google it, you could look it up, you could watch that documentary. This isn't, you know, this isn't bullshit. This is the real deal. At least, you know, he's very famously known for it. He's very famously known for have pitching that perfect game while high on LSD. Um, and, of course, you know, for those non-sports people, if you're anything like me, I'm talking baseball. He did this in, in a baseball game. That's how he pitched a perfect game. Um, and he was on the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time. Um, and, and, you know, once again, that's another – it's a great example because a lot of people would assume that LSD would not make you a better baseball player. You would think if I took a dab of LSD and went out to, you know, play baseball – especially a major league game with at least thousands of people watching. Like most people would assume that is not going to set you up for <laughs> a good baseball game or that's not going to set you up for a good LSD trip either is what most people would assume. But for doc, it worked right. And, and you know, part of that might be based on just a certain prior usage of LSD and, and a certain proclivity for LSD, right? A, a certain um, acceptance and embrace. He, he embraced it, right. To say the least. So, you know, once again, that, that's for him. That worked out for him. It's not to say that would work out the best for everybody. And that, that to me is, you know, is the interesting thing out of all of this. And, and, you know, is another thing to keep note is like what can enhance one person might not enhance another. 
right? And, and, you know, once again, this is where we start to get into the tricky territory. And now I will, you know, take a quick moment to note that some things are going to be more proven to enhance across the board. So let's say you're in, you know, weightlifting and you take steroids like that's bound to help you regardless of how you feel it's going to make you do. Um, and it may, you know, have some other side effects that do make it worse for you to perform. But when it comes to building muscle, when it comes to getting big, when it comes to, you know, getting jacked up. That's going to definitely do the trick, right? Whether it's me taking those steroids, whether it's you taking those steroids, doesn't matter who you give those steroids. It's going to have a similar effect. And, and, you know, part of that has to do with steroids are more of a, you know, it's acting on your your physical nature rather than your uh, in a psychoactive sort of realm, right? So that to me may be where the distinction lies. But, you know, once again, all things are performance enhancing. And, and, you know, maybe let me back up a little bit. All things either enhance or detract your performance, right? All things can do that, and it's about finding the proper balance, right, for you um, and finding the best way to enhance your performance, right? Now, with an understanding of this and with an understanding that pretty much all of our actions will either enhance or detract from our ability to perform, the real question becomes where to draw the line, right? Where do, what do we do with this information in a certain sense, right? And this gets us into the next thread of drug use in organizations, right? And just what do organizations do with this, right? When it comes to the drug use, you know, and it's important to kind of talk about, you know, especially in the context of Shakari Richardson about THC becoming more legal in more and more states, right? In more states having recreational capacity. Like the question is, what will organizations do about this legal drug use? What will organizations do um, about people using illegal or not using legal drugs, not necessarily while in the organization. It's not to say she like was smoking the blunt right before she fucking ran. Um, but nonetheless, what are you going to do about members of that organization utilizing legal drugs outside of the organization in their personal life? Right. That is really what the question and, and it's important for, you know, to kind of vindicate Shikari Richardson because she does live in a state where THC is legal, where you can go and get cannabis. It's recreational. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where she is in a place where she could legally get that joint. She could legally go down to the dispensary and get a hold of some weed. And that, you know, once again, that's not a problem. I don't see anything wrong with that in a certain sense, you know, just from a individual person factor. Now where it gets tricky is, you know, what, should organizations do with this and what should we do with people who are within these organizations who are using these legal substances on their personal time right it's not to say they're showing up high to you know once again she wasn't smoking on the track she didn't show up high to her run she didn't go to the tokyo olympics and get caught with the fucking you know with a bunch of weed and some rolling papers by no means like this is something she did on her personal time outside of you know the workplace you could basically say and is now coming up in a piss test at the workplace now this of course is where things get challenging because it's once again it's what do organizations do with these changes in cultural norms and, and you know this whole newfound acceptance of substances right and thc is just the start like we are living in a period people where the drug war is disintegrating it is deteriorating fast and we are going to see in our lifetimes i mean i'm in my late 20s we're gonna see i, I guarantee if you're around my age are somewhere close, like you're going to see some more and more t drugs either legalized or decriminalized over time, 
right? And, and I think that is really what we're going to see. And what that means for organizations is there's kind of two options at that point. Um, either one, you can embrace those cultural changes and change with the times, right? You can basically say, well, hey, you know, we were wrong on THC or we've reevaluated THC and we're going to take it off the list of performance enhancing drugs and, you know, whatever. If you want to use THC in your personal time, that's fine. I mean, it, it still to me would once again, we'll get into the rights of the organization and maybe the team itself is like, well, yeah, don't show up high, but if you're getting high on your own free time, like that is what it is. Um, but once again, like that's one, one route that they could take. Now, the other route is you can kind of plant your, your stake in the ground. You can mark the line in the sand and say, this is where I stand. This is where our organization stands in, you know, it's basically where they currently stand. Um, and, and you know, Basically, organizations can do that with an understanding that it may not be popular by, uh, you know, considered popular by at least a portion of society and potentially the majority of society may see it as an unpopular decision, right? Or may see it as kind of the wrong decision. Um, but once again, organizations have those two options and they should have the right to choose which route they want to go. Now, once again, you know, it brings me to another contemplation in a certain sense where it makes me ask, well, should organizations be able to make their own rules and require that their members adhere to those certain rules to, you know, even if those rules seem archaic in a certain sense. Um, and, and this is kind of the other question that comes out of this whole situation with Shakari Richardson is does the Olympics have the right to set rules? And even if those rules seem disagreeable, even if those rules don't necessarily mesh with what is culturally accepted in the times, um, it, is that something that that organization has the right to do? Um, and, and, you know, it, it really does make you ask, well, what are the rights of the organization? What can they do? Can they make their own rules? And where I stand on all of this and my thoughts on all of this is that, yes, they can. They can make their own rules. And, you know, once again, if you don't like the rules that that organization is playing by as an individual, there's there's some options. I mean, one, you can technically boycott. You can make that boycott known. If you're Shakari Richardson and, you know, this is just too much and you don't agree with this path that the Olympics are going, then you can say, I'm better without you and I will do something else. And granted, like many people say, well, it's the Olympics and there's nothing else. That to me is ridiculous to give them that sort of control, to give them a monopoly over acceptable, you know, sports enjoyment or just sports competition and measurement of, you know, sports um, abilities between country to country, then you could say, well, you know, we don't like this. And you can maybe either leave or you can try to change the organization. But if they don't want to change, like once again, you have the right, they have the right. So you can try to affect change. But if the bottom line is, is that change isn't coming and you don't agree with those rules, you can also opt to start your own organization, right? And you can start that organization with the rules that you want to be instilled rather than the rules that you know, the prior organization had. And once again, I, I understand that this is kind of tricky when it comes to a monopoly like the Olympics, but I, I think there's something wrong with the fact that they have such a monopoly in the first place, right? And, and one could kind of beg to to question, well, is there room for other sort of sporting events, other sort of sporting organizations that potentially dethrone the Olympics, 
right? And, and, you know, there's plenty of athletes that stood behind Shakari Richardson when this all happened. Maybe that's where the support comes from, right? And where the call for this new sort of organization comes from. But once again, it's up to the individuals to decide, well, is this, is this situation enough for me to leave it? Or will I just deal with it, right? And it kind of sounds like Shakari Richardson at this point has kind of just accepted it. She's not going to be able to compete for a month, that is my understanding. She had to go to some sort of drug counseling class. Like, she kind of accepted those um, consequences, right, essentially, and went from there. Now, this, once again, this is, this is all so tricky, and this is just the start of this sort of thing happening, or the start of these sorts of situations being dealt with, because we're going to see over time, um, you, you know, we're living in a time of change, basically, and, and there are going to be some big changes in cultural norms towards drugs. It's already been happening. We've already been experiencing it. It's going to be a continual thing. And you'll see in 50 years, the landscape around drug use is going to be completely altered from what I grew up with, what you probably grew up with. Um, for, you know, all of us listening, we may have a slightly different generational gap, but guaranteed it's going to be different. Right. And, and, you know, this question of what organizations will do in this area as things change is is going to come back up. Right. And it's not just for sports. Right. Sports is kind of one area where it starts to come into play because it's a, a very mainstream focus point for people. Um, and, and, you know, athletes just kind of play by a different set of rules in, in a certain sense in society where, you know, they don't necessarily have to show up, you know, to the office place in the same sense that some, you know, corporate worker would have to show up to the office place in um so it just it, it changes things right to a certain degree um but i think this is something that all organizations will have to reckon with one way or another one day or another um this is something that organizations will have to deal with in saying well now that these new drugs are legal or now that just you know not necessarily new drugs but now that these drugs are legal what do we do what do we allow right do we have a complete ban on people using this? Do we still try to adhere to the old rules? Do we, you know, change slightly and treat it like alcohol? Do we change all the way and treat it like cigarettes? I mean, people can smoke cigarettes at the workplace, um, or at least, you know, outside most cases. Do we allow something like that? Like, there's a bound of questions, and I don't think that DHZ will necessarily be treated like um, cigarettes by no means, but why wouldn't it be treated like alcohol? You know what I mean? There's no question if you go home and drink yourself to sleep that night, but if you smoke yourself to sleep, like, that can be considered a problem depending on which organization you're part of, right? And, and once again, organizations can technically have the right to make their own rules, and that's on you then as an individual to decide, does this align with what I want in my life? Should I continue here, or is it time to move to something else? Um, and I think we're going to see as time continues on, and as organizations kind of make their stance on this subject, people will begin to vote with their decisions, right? People will begin to vote by going to the employers that support the types of lifestyles they want, support the type of ethical rules that they desire, essentially. And this thing will sort itself out. This is definitely something that I believe a, a free society with a free market will sort it 
out, um, but it does take time, right? And once again, this is kind of the beginning of this. This is something that is going to play out through the course of this century is kind of my prediction. And once again, only time will tell. So I hope you'll be here with me. We'll continue to look at this sort of subject as things develop in a certain sense. And, you know, as time goes on, I'll be sure to readdress this subject because there will be changes um, to the landscape, so to speak, uh, around this subject. Um, but definitely more to tell. Only time will tell. And I hope you'll be with me, you know, all the time leading up to then. Um, I definitely appreciate you being here for this time, to say the least. And, you know, please, if you like what you heard today on Controversial Curiosities, consider sharing the show share it share it on your favorite social media platform subscribe subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already make sure you visit our substack website put that you know player put that i guess they call it a url feed um into your podcast um player of choice and make sure that you're you're hooked up to the controversial curiosities feed essentially um so please be sure to do that and you know rate and review give us a rating in your favorite podcast player you can also become a member of our controversial curiosity Substack, where you can leave comments as well right and you can become a member for a very low price five dollars a month if you go for the full year subscription it's one charge of thirty dollars that covers you for a year that's getting at half price so consider doing that right every dollar goes to supporting this show making sure it happens and improving the show improving things um both you know audible speaking audio wise right and maybe getting me to speak a little clearer sometimes but bottom line is everything goes to improving the show improving what we do here and making sure i can bring you as much content as possible um both podcasting as well as blog wise so don't forget to read as well on controversial curiosities and once again just want to thank you again for your support thank you again for your time i hope you have a great one out there i hope you stay curious about the controversies of the day and until the next time i'm jeff mccarty and have a great one, folks.